Remember when video was king? It was the big screen, the jumbo screen, and the video kiosk. The video store of the 1980s was where people rented videos and VCRs so they could watch a movie, a concert, or binge watch a television show. Meanwhile, John Lennon was in a recording studio recording the Double Fantasy album. MTV brought a picture to music. Fast forward, the little screen and thumbs akimbo are what writers use today to communicate. Artificial content is being voiced by artificial intelligence. Intellectual property is being gathered by artificial engineers. And if you just thought of it, it is already somewhere in a box getting ready to artificially brand, artificially market, and artificially send it to your algorithm. It all looks very good. But how does it sound? Listen, audios from Richard Arnold Beatty. Okay, so I go to the doctor and he asks me, how long have you had this problem? All my life. He looked alarmed. You've been seeing spots? No, doctor. All my life. I've been hearing spots. One minute spots, 30 second spots, really well written spots. I hear spots that get results. They are very good spots. And then he looked into my ears and he asked me, Do you know the legend of the spotted rabbit? The spotted rabbit has never been seen except for a well-defined spot on his back. And yet only people who are tuned into a frequency. I admitted to the doctor that I do hear the spotted rabbit. Will it ever go away? No, replied the doctor. Unless you lose your imagination. Spotted rabbit. Creative, productive spots that get results. Email paidtothinkradio at gmail.com. During my run at Jones Beach Theater, my first year at Jones Beach Theater in 1970, my parents uh, took us, my brother and sister and I, to the NBC studios uh, for a tour at Rockefeller Center. And my favorite part was the very last part. They put us in a theater. They had all the sound instruments. And then they turned out the lights and recreated a radio theater presentation. When the lights came up, I said to my mother, that's what I want to do. And she said, well, that's a thing of the past. I don't know why that would be. I was an audio learner by out of necessity. When something broke down in the house, my father, who was crippled with arthritis, would tell me and instruct me how to do something. I had to be talked through a lot of things. I still work that way. I remember my last news job. I would have... Uh, my news director was very gruff. He would actually put a lot of pressure, but he would walk you through things. It was very much like my dad in, in that way. And it was tough, but I realized I'm an audio learner. Welcome everybody to South Century Radio Hour. What? Marge, I don't know how you know these things. But where's Mary? Hi everybody, this is Richard Beatty, and I get paid to think. It is said that every living person is a victim of phobia. Phobia can strike at any time, to anyone, in any place, and no one is immune. And yet, there is a cure for the common phobia. Franklin Roosevelt told the nation, You have nothing to fear but fear itself. 
Jesus Christ said, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Are you worried about being canceled? The common cure for cancel phobia is counseling culture. To find out more, email counseledculture at gmail.com. It came in the mail yesterday It was addressed to me And there inside the package Was a Johnny Cash CD I didn't read the titles I just put it in the tray When I pushed the button A song began to play and there in my own living room I heard him sing my song Here's a moment I'll be remembering My whole life long It sounded like he wrote it So powerful and sweet I'd known that it was finished But now it felt remember when I wrote it so many years ago I thought it was worth singing but you never really know I remember putting down my pen and calling it a day I never could imagine how my song would find its way there are no guarantees, my friend, no matter how you try. You do the work, you give them wings, and hope that they might fly. So tomorrow I'll sit down again, do what I have done. I'll put my pen to paper, and I'll let it have its fun. I'm grateful to the man in black, as thankful as can be. He took my song into his heart, and he gave it back to me. And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound. Hello, this is Richard Beatty, KLZ 560, your home station. In September of 1920, a ship was lost at sea. The ship named the Speedwell was equipped with shortwave radio, and the radio on the Speedwell was assigned the call letters KLZ. Superstition precluded ships being reassigned call letters. The Reynolds Radio Company of Denver was randomly assigned KLZ AM, Officially signing on March 10th, 1922. And that ushered in the sound formed. And on November 11th, 1928, KLZ was assigned to operate on 560 kilohertz, transmitting at 1,000 watts, the max at the time, eventually increasing its power to 5,000 watts. This is Richard Beatty on KLZ 560, your home station.
Everybody said I was electric Nobody said that it was good I wrote my words on an IBM Selectric And I began to seek New neighborhoods And now those days are gone don't need to respond So plain that just goes On and on And on and on And on and on I am a parody A folk processed melody I've changed My point of view I'm just a parody Lyrical intensity And I can set the world free Of win or lose I'm just a parody of you Just a parody of you. An open letter to comedians. A fireside chat. Dear fellow comedy writers, it is time that we put aside our differences and begin to look at what we write, what we say, and what we sing. Maybe we should examine what we laugh at. And who we laugh at. I am calling on a 12-week ceasefire of mean-spirited, tear-down jokes, cheap gags, whoopee cushion, and bodily function, sophomoric, personal, physical, and sight gag comedy. It is time to put our clown noses down and to practice kinder comedy, not necessarily gentler. We have nothing to fear but redundancy. For more, email soundcenturyoriginals at gmail.com. That's soundcenturyoriginals at gmail.com. Now, fella, not so close to the fire. Be well satisfied, tickled too. Sugar, just know I'm in love with you. Even though I'm satisfied and tickled too, Sugar, just know I'm in love with you. Baby, you know I've been, I am, been, I've been, great girl, she been. Well, Leary, here in City, Leary Rooster. Rooster, you don't come round my chicken shack as much as you used to, Rooster. And I ain't bad. I'm married. I ain't 
system invites you to join with us on the main stage of the Marine Theater, Jones Beach, Long Island, where we have exclusively transcribed the formal opening of this great theater for its summer presentation of Showboat. Notables and important people from all walks of life have gathered here in the 8,200 seats to witness the first presentation of the musical classic Showboat. The theater is uniquely appropriate for the production of Showboat because its stage is surrounded by the waters of the Great South Bay, permitting for the first time a full-size replica of the original Cotton Blossom to be included in the performance. To conduct the formal opening ceremonies, which you are about to hear, we will present Jinx Falkenberg, celebrated model and star of radio and television. Jinx is a resident of Long Island and is especially regarded in this community for her many contributions to civic and welfare programs. Her appearance on the stage this evening is an annual event. She will introduce for us and the assembled audience Guy Lombardo, producer of Showboat, Oscar Hammerstein II, who wrote the play and lyrics for Showboat, and Mr. Robert Moses, president of the Long Island State Park Commission, who is responsible for the development of Jones Beach and the construction of this, one of the world's great outdoor theaters. And now to the center stage and Jinx Falkenberg. Well, good evening. The Dodgers may be rained out tonight, but uh, the showboat goes on in the Marine Stadium. 
Well, I said uh, the Dodgers may be rained out tonight, but uh, the showboat goes on right here in the Marine Stadium. And in all kinds of weather, this is still the most beautiful place I've ever seen. I think it's far more beautiful than Monaco, and if we only had a prince, then Grace Kelly might be Her Serene Highness of Jones Beach now. Uh, of course, we don't have the gambling uh, of Monte Carlo here, except on the showboat. Show business itself is a bigger gamble than roulette. In roulette, at least, you have only to bet against the wheel, not against the weather. I think all of Long Island, and especially New York, owes a debt of thanks to Guy Lombardo, who has so often bet against all the elements, and always for the benefit of all New York, to bring us great shows to this most beautiful seaside playground in the whole world. Let's meet him now, the musical musician who has moved the Mississippi all the way from Louisiana to Long Island, Mr. Long Island, Guy Lombardo. Thank you, Well, thank you very much, Jinx, and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Showboat. We're certainly happy that you're here, although the night... But we're certainly happy to have you here, and we hope you're going to like our show, Showboat. You know, Arabian Nights was quite a success. It had two years here, and it played to about a million people. When my brothers and I decided to do Showboat, we had a lot of things to contend with. We had to do an intimate show in this huge, beautiful amphitheater, and it took a lot of planning. This show was planned almost 10 months ago, and it seems that 10 months is a long time to do a show that lasts 10 weeks. But we've had wonderful help. We've had the help of Mr. Hammerstein, who wrote the lyrics, and Mr. Kern wrote the music, and Miss Ferber wrote the book. We've had great technicians, we've had the best of choreography, we've had the best scenic designers, and we've had great help from everyone. Now I'm sure that tonight you're going to see Showboat done for the first time in its natural environment on the water. Now in a moment, I want you to meet Mr. Hammerstein and Mr. Moses. They have been a great inspiration. Mr. Moses especially, who built this beautiful amphitheater, who built Jones Beach, I would say that it's probably one of his pet projects. Now, my brothers and I are certainly grateful that you're all here. I thank you for coming, and I hope you like Showboat. Thank you, Jinx Falkenberg. Thank you very much, Guy Lombardo. And now let's meet the man whose poetry set to music all America knows by heart. And let's use his own lyrics from one of his great hits, South Pacific, to uh, serenade him now on his showboat tonight. We're in love, we're in love, we're in love, we're all in love with a wonderful guy named Oscar Hammerstein. I'll do my best. Can you hear that? Showboat has played all over the world, in many cities, and for many years. And it's played in all kinds of theaters. But tonight, the performance will be unique and a first. Because for the first time, Showboat will be played 
On a showboat. It will probably be the most realistic performance we've ever given. And yet in the theater, you must always use your imagination for one reason or another. And even though we sail in tonight on a real showboat, since showboats used to ply the Mississippi in the south and in the summertime, you will have to imagine the climate. You will have to imagine that it's warmer and that the wind is very still. And I think you will have a good time imagining and seeing what is real. And we certainly hope you enjoy our efforts. I would like at this time to express my gratitude to Guy Lombardo for his vision and courage in producing this play as he has produced it. And I want also to express my gratitude to a man we're indebted to for many things besides this beautiful theater, for beautiful roads and bridges and comforts and beauty of all kinds in and around our city, Mr. Robert Moser. Thank you very much, Oscar Hammerstein. It's very appropriate that this premiere of Showboat tonight at the Marine Stadium should be taking place on the longest day of summer, longest day of the year. Will be the shortest night, too, when you see this production, I'm sure. Our real host tonight, this modern Moses who has added another uh, commandment to the original ten, enjoy yourself, everybody. The pursuit of happiness was a part of our Declaration of Independence. We'd like you now to meet the man who has helped so many millions of New Yorkers catch the happiness that we all pursue. The man who always keeps his promise to deliver a promised land, Commissioner Robert Moses. Jinks Falkenberg. Oscar Hammerstein, Guy Lombardo. On behalf of Herb Swope and Andrew Duke, who are my associates, the Long Island Park Commission, <clears throat> I welcome you here this evening. Jones Beach started about 27 years ago. And in all the time since then, we've been trying to improve it, to improve the access so that you could get here better, to add facilities of different kinds, and to take care of crowds that have run from the original 300,000 into the millions in recent years. Now, we began with a stadium here that some of you may remember. It was a wooden affair built during the Depression by the WPA, and it served as an experiment station. We tried all sorts of things here, as you will also remember. We tried shows and vaudeville and bands and one thing or another, and finally we got down to these dramatic productions. And when the wooden stadium gave out, we had enough support, popularly and in the press and in Albany, 
to get this permanent stadium that you see here this evening. And we began with a night in Venice as the first show. And then we had the show in the last two years that you're familiar with. And now we have the show that we've always wanted. From the very beginning, we have wanted this show. We've wanted Showboat because it belonged here. It fitted here. Now I think at the very start that uh, Oscar had some idea that uh, this was too big a stage, that uh, the intimate parts of the show would be lost here. And so they figured out having a good deal of the action on the showboat itself, which you will see shortly. So this great novel of Edna Ferber's, the music, which we've been listening to for years, uh, appears here this evening in what I think is an ideal setting. I want to congratulate all those who had a part in putting the show on, the cast, the executives of the commission, and of course, our partners in the enterprise, uh, Guy Lombardo and Oscar Hammerstein. I'll let the show go on. Thank you very much, Commissioner Robert Moses, for this and for so many, many things that we all appreciate so much and always have through the years and always will. We'd like to thank Guy Lombardo, whom you heard here at the beginning of the program. He's gone down into the orchestra pit to strike up the band, to start the music and start the showboat on its way. Thanks to Oscar Hammerstein for coming out here tonight for this very special debut. He didn't know it, but I told him as we were walking across the stage that uh, uh, there's a big screening of his, of his great production, The King and I, in New York City tonight, but he is here for Showboat. And now, as Mr. Moses said, it's time for the show to go on, and we hope that the Showboat has a long, long and successful run, and that the weather will be very good the rest of the summer so that all of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, everyone in the listening area and driving area can come on out with the family and have a wonderful day at Jones Beach and wind up the evening in the Marine Stadium looking and listening to this production of Showboat. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have presented the voices of Miss Jinx Falkenberg, Mr. Guy Lombardo, Mr. Robert Moses, Mr. Oscar Hammerstein II, who cooperatively are presenting from the Marine Theater at Jones Beach on Long Island in New York, a classic spectacular production of Edna Ferber's Showboat. This giant amphitheater, which seats 8,200 people and is built on the shores of the Great South Bay, is uniquely adapted to the presentation of this immortal play. It is here that a stage of more than a third of an acre in size has been built in the middle of a lagoon of water. The showboat itself has been built in accurate replica and it plays an important part in the presentation. The opening performance is about to get underway as we leave the air with Mr. Guy Lombardo now entering the orchestra pit where his famed orchestra will be 
playing the music which has been provided by Jerome Kern and featuring the lyrics from this area. As the band begins, we invite you to come to Jones Beach this summer. This has been a transcribed presentation of Mutual, the network for all America. It's Richard Beatty. I believe that I learned the value of a good idea was a better investment in time, talent, and treasure than a game of chance or lottery or even working for someone else for 20 years. The art of creating, cultivating, and curating ideas through designing, developing, and distribution of ideas is the best mind exercise a person can do without a prescription. This audio journal came from an idea that I thought about put on an index card, studied, recorded, tested, and refined. The thesis? If the essence of writing is rewriting, then the essence of creation is recreation. The genesis of an idea or the birth of an idea starts in the creation story in Genesis. It says that humans were created to be creative. We came from a God-sized idea that molds us into the image of Creator. Our job is to be creative and recreate. So every day, we begin with a story, find ways that we can be useful to God, collaborate with other creative beings, cultivate new ideas, turn ideas into endeavors that will serve to ignite the creative spirit in ourselves and others. Getting involved and investing in a creative endeavor or practice is no guarantee of monetary success. There are risks in schedule, skills, and stewardship in creating, producing, and distribution. Some artists, authors, and audio producers have a garage full of books, records, or videos that have not yet been sold. This is the precise reason they invented the dollar store. Go to Sound Century Audio Network at buzzsprout.com. Uh, ask what you can do or ask what you can't do. Uh, ask what you can do for your country, but don't ask me what I can do for you. I was going through audio pathways to look what I can see. Looking to hear the Kennedy brothers and the songs they used to sing. I couldn't find a record or even a reel-to-reel, a speech or interview, where a Kennedy sang a song for the nation, a Kennedy sang for anything. Oh, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy sing like me. Oh, ask what you can do. Sing it for the whole country. I'm not asking for a lot from Mama Rose or Papa Joe or Jackie O. I only want to hear the Kennedy sing out, sing out for you, sing out for me. I'm not asking for them to do what they can. Kennedy sing out for me. Oh, everybody, Kennedy sing, oh. 
Now I'm asking why not? Oh, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy sing like me. Everybody now. Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single. Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy sing like me. Maybe the with the rest of, of the, the Kennedy heirs, they can come into the studio, sing the greatest hits of the family, the all together or a solo. Maybe they could sing, I'm a Berliner, or I'm a believer, a golden retriever, a high achiever, a Red Sox reliever, but Kennedy sing like me, everybody now, Kennedy single, Kennedy single. Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy sing like me, Kennedy sing like me, everybody now, Kennedy sing like me. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy single, Kennedy sing like me. Hey everybody, it's Richard Beatty, your host on Sound Century Radio Hour. I am really glad that you're here listening. A few years before I brought my guitar to the Denver Folklore Center, in 1978, there was a class that came before us, and my friend Harry Tuft was responsible for it. Like a digital time machine, I go back and I sit in that concert hall, and I listen, and I learn from the likes of Taj Mahal, Rosalie Sorrells, oh, I could hear Furry Lewis singing the blues. Guitar here, man. I'm gonna ask my guitar a whole lot of questions in this. Now I said, when I lay, the guitar gonna tear your burden down. I'm gonna make it do that tonight. Uh -huh. Now, glory, glory, hallelujah, when I lay my burden down.
glory, glory, hallelujah, when I lay my burden down, glory, glory, hallelujah, when I What you gonna do when this world's on fire? When I leave, put us down. What you gonna do when this world's on fire? When I. I'm going home to live with my Jesus when I. I'm going home to live with my Jesus, Lord, when I lay mine. All my will be over when I All my trouble will be When I lay my Burn down, Lord Burn down, Lord When I Burn what? When I leave my sing it. No more troubles and tribulations. I thank you all. Pleasant night. My family lived down on the south side. So I reckon you know what that means. Knock about hard scrabble paychecks. Ball games on black and white screens. Oh, you grew up a fan from the cradle. And you learn how to win and to lose Played with the hand that was dealt you More than not, you were singing the blues I was a fan when they stunk up the cellar 
as a fan when they brought home the gold. Oh, I cheered and I cried, I lived and I died watching triumphs and horrors unfold. No, oh, I don't own a piece of the action, but I'll tell you, son, just who I am. I am one of those creatures out there in the bleachers. I'm loyal, I'm true, I'm a fan. took me out to the ballpark, brought my cap and my tired old mitt. Though we sat in the last nosebleed section, I was certain I'd catch me a hit. I was thrilled just to hear the crowd cheering. I was breathless, the grass was so green. When we all sang the star-spangled banner, I knew I was part of the team And I was a fan when they stunk up the cellar I was a fan when they brought home the gold Oh, I cheered and I cried I lived and I died watching triumphs and horrors unfold Oh, I don't own a piece of the action But I'll tell you, son, just who I am I am one of those creatures out there in the bleachers. I'm loyal, I'm true, I'm a fan. And today with my son and my daughter, I teach them of team and of town. Be a fan when you're riding a hard street, and especially when it all breaks down. Days it's all bottom line boardrooms where they're playing a different game. When the players don't stay with their home teams no more, some things just don't feel the same. But for those of us here in the cheap seats, we're still holding on hard to the dream. Playing the hand that was dealt us, we are a part and the heart of the team. I was a fan when they stunk up the cellar I was a fan when they brought home the gold Oh, I cheered and I cried I lived and I died watching triumphs and horrors unfold Oh, I don't own a piece of the action But I'll tell you, son, just who I am I am one of those creatures out there in the bleachers I'm loyal, I'm true I'm a fan, I am one of those creatures out here in the bleachers. I'm loyal, I'm true, I'm a fan.
we go at 10.30 on you. Denver to Tom Griffiths. Tom? We have to get out of here. The water has just gone over the 6th Avenue Bridge as a result of this log jam that's at the base of this bridge right now. And the water has gone over. The old Hampton Avenue Bridge finally went out. Dozens and dozens of automobiles. Timbers. Uh, it looked like an entire lumberyard was jammed up against a bridge house. Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Beatty, KLZ 560, with The Sound Century. Local breaking news was the main purpose of AM radio in the 1960s. You're listening to breaking news coverage of the 1965 Denver flood. To Denverites, KLZ AM 56 was among the first on the scene. No telling how many lives were saved because of radio. Colorado's governor, in appealing for federal aid, estimates that property damage in his state alone is more than $100 million. I'm Richard Beatty, KLZ 560. Hi, Richard. Gary Owens here, complete with goofs and everything, but I hope I won't goof. In 15 years, I've never seen anything like it. Millions of kids have been entertained with stories, cartoons, puzzles, games, and more. There you have it, a satisfied magazine subscriber. Thank you, Gary Owens. It's Mountain Time Radio Hour, an audio magazine from Sound Century. Today on Mountain Time, we'll bring you scenes, songs, and stories from the Mountain Time Zone. I'm Richard Beatty, your host and director, living here on Mountain Time. In my creative practice, I am trained to approach every discipline through desired results. For instance, as a media professional, I study journalism, advertising, and music through a unifying and objective lens. As I produce screenplays and soundtracks for broadcasts, podcasts, and audio publishing, I integrate elements of scenes, stories, and songs together to bring a thoughtful integration of what divides us. For what divides us makes us weaker, and a culture divided cannot stand. The common thread is where we live, how we work, and through the common union, the community of minds, approach, and power, a trinity intertwined to bring clear understanding of who we are and what we were made to do, where And when is our time to explore the purpose and the reason of why you and I are here living in mountain time? This week on Mountain Time Radio Hour, we're going to paint a scene of 1965. It's August. The airwaves of Denver, Colorado had rock and roll on AM and classical music on FM. Until an August morning when DJ Bill Gardner broke the sound barrier and played rock and roll on FM the first time anywhere. So I'm looking at I'm looking at KLZ FM rockin' 15 hours daily supersonic 70 <laughs> 70 survey. Oh, this yeah. is OK. This is right before you left. I think it's April 5th, 1968. Yeah, I believe you're right, Richard. That is literally probably a month before I left. I think I left in May or June. Right. And I went to work for uh, 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 Radio 
top 40 guy by the name of Paul Drew at uh, WIBG Philadelphia, which was uh, the biggest rock station in Philly, the one I grew up listening to. Right. So it was kind of a real treat to go back to my hometown. So you came from Philly? Yeah, that was where I was born and raised. I have two brothers that I grew up with who were also both in radio. One of them is still on the radio in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Wow. As a matter of fact, uh, he's the number one 25 to 54-year-old rated afternoon guy by the name of Andre Gardner. Huh. I have more hair than him, but he has youth on me. (laughs) So Max actually, um, did he work... uh, was he? Did he work overseas for a while? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I found something that, and it was just this little reference to this, this, uh, this. It was a Guam or something, wasn't it? No, it was actually Munich. Oh, it was he Munich. He was actually in Germany. Wife. Yeah, he met his lovely wife Brigitte, and they're still married to this day. Wow. And uh, Max was on AFN, Armed Forces Network. The tape we uh, hired him from, the air check, was actually Kono in San Antonio. And uh, although when we we hired Max, he was telling us how he was at AFN in Munich. And I loved hearing all his stories about being on the air there. Wow. So... Yeah, that was prior to coming to work for KLZFM. Wow, this is this is fascinating stuff. Uh, you know what? Can I just say one thing? Yeah. I am delighted and humbled that you were even interested. So, <laughs> well, I, I mean, why wouldn't I be? I I, I listened to uh, your your whole story on uno dos tres cuatro, <laughs> and well, um, and I said I've got to get this guy. I mean, I I can't believe that that Denver. Uh, ever let you leave here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I can't believe about Denver? That Denver does not really know, for the most part, that they really pioneered and, in essence, invented rock and roll on FM. Right. And, I mean, that was such a crazy idea back then, because it was all classical music. Um, as a matter of fact, Richard, I wrote an article one day, Okay, I put KLZ-FM on the air in August 1965, played the first record, California Girls by the Beach Boys, and we were off and running. And I realized one day I woke up in early 2015 and said, wow, it's 50 years ago that I put America's first FM rock and roll station on the radio in Denver. So I wrote this article and I tried to peddle it to the Denver Post. And uh, I got no interest whatsoever. And then later, friends of mine are telling me, hey, the decision makers at the Denver Post are all 35 years old. They could care less what happened 50 years ago. So we never got it on. But 5280 Magazine said, hey, I like it. So we're going to publish it. Do you mind if we edit it? And I said, no, you go ahead and do all you want. Well, then I found out they pay by the word. So they cut it down to about the size of a letter to the editor, and they published that same picture you're describing from October of 67 and made it look like I wrote a letter to the editor about KLZFM. I still have a copy of uh, 5280 Magazine. Yeah, I saw that on your on your website, too. Yeah, thanks so. to a great radio broadcaster in Denver by the name of Doug Erickson. Yeah, yeah, I've you know, heard of familiar that. with Doug. Yeah, I, Doug gave me his copy, and I otherwise I'd have never seen the magazine. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, you you 
took over uh, the old uh, kind of the old fogey. Uh, I called it the rat infested pack uh, of, uh, <laughs> of, 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 of Denver, which was uh, Gene Amel, who was the, uh, it was a very great writer uh, and good columnist uh, for the, for the Rocky. I remember that. I remember uh, and, his name. Yeah. And then there was uh, Carl Akers uh, and, uh, and, and Star Yellen were the, were the three, uh, original uh, personalities uh, of the of the late forties, uh, all the way into the fifties. I think until the time that uh, that rock and roll uh, came to KLZ FM. Well, I remember two of the three of those guys were uh, TV anchor people. We were AM, FM, and TV. That's right. And those uh, two of those guys were anchors on KLZ TV, which was Channel Seven back then. So what you is were AMGH now. Yeah, that's right. Were you were you over at that building, the uh, the Spear Boulevard, uh, one thirty one Spear Boulevard? Yeah, yeah. yeah that uh, that's been in the news because um, you know it's it's been historically designated uh, because of the original. 56 KLZ, uh, which was, uh, you know, in 1922, we're, we're about to, we're, we're turning a hundred in March. Wow. Uh, of, 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 uh, yeah, you can't remember that though. You're not that no, old. No, I, I admittedly was <laughs> not there then. But, I will tell you a funny story though, that they're talking about that building being a historic landmark that I would never worked in that building. That was called the new building, which was being built when I left. Oh, you were uh, in the old building, the I white, the, the yeah, white stucco the building. building that yeah. had the, yeah, yeah, I've seen pictures of that. I have a picture of it. I was going to say, I took a picture. I'm glad I did. But uh, the building that was the, quote, new building as I was leaving is the one they're designated as historic. Voices sing a melody.
Listening to the Sound Century. In 1926, Sir Harry Lauder re-recorded a classic. It was first performed in December of 1916 when he was backstage getting ready for a performance. Lauder received a telegram that gave the news that his only son John was killed in battle during World War One. Lauder sang it for troops of the UK in World War One and World War Two, and throughout his long career. I'm Richard Beatty. This is Sound Century. echo to the songs and laughter of Scotland's most popular ambassador. Thousands crowd Hamilton as the Harry Lauder reaches the end of the road.